joining us on this uh, KTH 9:10 a.m. interview of the week. In fact, it's the very first interview I'm doing in the new year, and so it's good to, to be alive and to have this opportunity to speak to you and tell you about some of the. Great things that are happening here in North Texas in the local Catholic world. My name is Dave Palmer, Executive Director at the station. Diane Xavier is our Production Manager, and she's running the board. And uh, we have a returning topic, but an update on a really awesome and necessary ministry called Dawn of Mercy. They're located online at dawnofmercy.org. And it's a ministry that assists people who have suffered from sexual abuse of any type, any age, and any either gender as well. And it's a lot more common than I realized in talking to these guests. Uh, returning for, we think at least, the third interview is uh, Sherry Havlick, who is the president of Dawn of Mercy, and her co-founder and ministry director, Bernie Simmons. So welcome to you both. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Dave. Hi. Thank you. All right. So for those who are hearing about this for the first time, let's just do a recap uh, and a bird's eye view and overview, Sherry, of uh, what Dawn of Mercy is all about, other than what I've already said. <laughs> so Dawn of Mercy is an organization to help heal those who have suffered the trauma of sexual assault yeah. of some sort. Um, we have several different programs. We have retreats. We have what we call a healing group which is, if you think of like a support group, that's probably a good mm -hmm. way to describe it. Um, but it's kind of a learning type of, of group. And then we also have um, counselors that are trained specifically in this particular trauma. And we refer to those counselors for uh, perhaps that might be the path that somebody needs first, just some counseling, and yeah. then perhaps the healing group, and then perhaps the retreat, or whatever order it is. That's what Bernice does, is she uh, kind of listens to the person, and she can she can determine what's the best path for the person. And uh, you, for many, gosh, I think decades, worked you know, with the CPLC and pro-life and uh, transition into this. Uh, I think it's similar in the regard um, that, and, and perhaps either of you can jump in on this, uh, uh, Bernice or, or Sherry, is that there, there's some shame and sometimes a reluctance, right, to come out and say, uh, you know, yeah, I'm I'm hurting because of this. Isn't that uh, similar in that regard, Bernice? Sure. Like you said, you know, Sherry has worked in the in the pro life committee for quite a few years, and I worked with her working as a speaker in the speakers bureau. And through that, and working with the Rachel's Vineyard, and then my own counseling practice, uh, and just our life as we encounter people, we've really found that. This particular need came up when we would go speak at schools, when we'd speak at uh, different ministries and organizations, and uh, people would come up and they would discuss how they were affected by having been sexually abused, even as a child, and even when it took them years to remember that that's actually occurred. Yeah. And uh, so Sherry really felt a call to do more, to kind of take, like, this kept coming to us from these different avenues. So uh, she came to me, and we came together and put this program together for specifically focusing on this particular type of healing. Uh, it took people a lot of courage because of that shame to be willing to say anything to those of us who came in and, and spoke to them or helped them in something else. They would bring this up. There was something in just the overall desire to bring them truth that gave them sort of a courage to express this particular issue. And so we've worked really hard, and certainly we believe we're guided by the Holy Spirit to put together a really good program 
to help people through this shame. We're going to talk about uh, the need for volunteers, also some healing groups uh, that are coming up uh, all the way through September. And so, in fact, one even uh, as early as next month. Retreats are coming up as well. There, There's so much. But let me just ask uh, one more kind of foundational mm-hmm. question, because I think maybe some of the listeners are thinking about this as well. You talk about uh, sexual abuse of any sort. What What is sexual abuse? What is it not? Some people may be physically abused, but not sexually. Some people may have some, some horrible things said to them of a sexual nature. So kind of define what exactly is and is not sexual abuse. So, so many things can fall into, like you said, what is sexual abuse? What we focus on is more the physical sexual abuse. It could have happened as a child. It can happen as an adult. Colleges. Unfortunately, there's, you know, it happens quite often. So, really, we're talking about any kind of physical sexual violence. Yeah, I'll say. Okay, and uh, this would, would I, I guess, mostly be or exclusively non-consensual. Uh, it's something that anything that happens to somebody that they did not consent to, whether they were five years old or or or, or seventy, right? Sure, we've we've worked with women and men already who some of it you look at their history and it was certainly non-consensual they were a child uh, an adult or an older teenager harmed them when they were young either once or repeatedly but we've also worked with young adults who especially women who it's almost like they realized after the fact that they were sort of psychologically manipulated and coerced and in the moment, there was confusion, but they thought they were in an okay place. Yeah. But once something in their life helped them to sort of get ripped out of that awful relationship, yeah. they were able to look back and realize that that was abusive, and they didn't – it wasn't consensual. They were in such a state right. of, of coercion and, and, and psychological manipulation and trying to figure out was that abuse or not yeah. for themselves sometimes it can be more confusing than we think yeah and and again to, to use another comparison with abortion some people think it's only women that are the victims but right. you've got <laughs> healing groups for men in english and spanish coming up a, a men's retreat how common is this for men to suffer from sexual abuse it's very common in fact if you to compare women and men it's one in three women and one in four men have suffered some kind of sexual violence in their life. So it's a lot more common than what one would think. And perpetrators probably on both sides, typically men, uh, but sometimes women could be the the perpetrators as well, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, okay. It is typically men, but it does happen once in a while that it is a woman. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, DawnOfMercy.org is the topic. Sherry Havlick, President, and Bernice Simmons, Ministry Director. They're the co-founders. And uh, let's um, talk about the, the need for volunteers uh, for all the things. Where this, you know, we're kind of giving an overview of 2022 and what this year is going to look like. Uh, do you want to talk about volunteers first, or would it be easier to talk about what you have planned this year, and then talk about what the volunteers need to you, you need you need them for? Let, let's just talk about volunteers okay. because our we started this about two years ago. We started doing the healing groups and that, and so this year we are really really going to expand. We started with women. Now we're adding men. We have English. We have Spanish. It's just a lot, and we expect a huge growth this year. And 
this is something that just two people can't do. Yeah. So we need a lot of volunteers. Um, uh, one of the things that I could use a volunteer for is how do you plan for this growth? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do in the ministry um, to be able to handle this growth? Whether it's financially, whether it's promotions, whether it's development, fundraising, you know, just, just helping us get to the next level. So we do our planning, a volunteer night on January 27th from 7 to 8 p.m. And it will be at St. Rita Catholic Church. It will be in their commons building in Room C for anybody that would like to join us that feels a call to help with this, this very powerful ministry. All right. Uh, and what will happen that evening? You're going to kind of go over the different needs. And um, obviously, since they're volunteers, there's no pay. But uh, people, I guess, of all ages and both genders, anybody, anybody who feels a call to help, right? That's right. Anybody that, that has a little spare time that they can give to us. We have very a very diverse set of needs, such as Spanish translation, mm-hmm. or maybe someone who can look at the literature that we have right now and well how can we expand that what do we need what more do we need do we need uh more flyers you know people who can design people who can come up with ideas social media um you know what what kind of social media do we need and who can help us do that when i do newsletters um, online it's me and my computer and trying to design my newsletter so that when it appears on somebody's computer or their phone or their iPad or whatever they're looking at, <clears throat> I have to make sure that it appears right. Well, mm-hmm. that is not, I mean, that's not where I came from. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm an engineer, I'm a manager, and somebody that could help me do that. So there are just a lot of var- variety of things, and all of that will be, we'll kind of go over what's Dawn of Mercy, we'll go over the different ways that people can volunteer. You know, you talk about this explosive growth that you anticipate. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Is it just more word of mouth? Uh, there's just a lot of people that are maybe coming out that didn't in the past? Or what do you think is happening? I think there's there's several things. Word of mouth, definitely, because since Sherry and I have been doing this, we talk about it to whoever, whether it's our, our hairdresser or people in the grocery line. And we have not had anyone who just kind of shied away and said, just kind of ignored it. Yeah. Everybody was very interested and wanted to help. And uh, and then since we've produced, since not produced, but since we've had a couple of re, a retreat and quite a few of the healing groups, the people who've participated in the groups, they have found them so helpful and they've appreciated them so much. They've gotten the word out. We've gotten calls and connections back from people who said so-and-so and somebody that we know that we've served has said that you guys are who I should reach out to. So we've certainly gotten referrals from people who have participated in some of our healing work. Mm-hmm. And I think the environment in the world overall right now uh, with what happened previously with the Me Too stuff, environmentally, people are acknowledging this more. And it's when you hear something, people notice it more. It's not as foreign. And it's not as much a topic to keep quiet anymore. Yeah. You know, there's the kind of this, uh, you know, you, Bernice having worked in the, on the counseling side of this, there's this kind of stereotypical, you know, a child maybe gets abused by Uncle Joe or Fred or what have you, but doesn't want to talk to the parents because he's such a great uncle and the parents, there's no way they, he could ever do something like that. And so that the kid thinks, oh, I'm not even going to say anything. What are the other dynamics that, that might produce some of the guilt or reluctance and the people listening right 
right now saying, yeah, this is my time. I, I need to come forward. And does that also mean that there needs to be, you know, outing of the, the person who did this? Do those go together or can you just get healing and say, oh, but I don't really want to get on that side of it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Some of the hesitation to bring things forth, certainly there's all the psychological and emotional stuff that comes in, the drama, the, the shame, the, the, the dynamics of how you close in, the stories you tell yourself to convince yourself that maybe it didn't really happen or maybe it was my fault, all kinds of that stuff. But um, what happens is that in the what you're talking about, they don't want to out somebody yeah. is um, – you kind of they're kind of looking for what's the lesser of the two evils and they decide that well since that person perpetrated this harm i can't trust them and perhaps even the the idea that well nobody has protected me from that so who can i trust i can yeah. only trust me and then so there's a distrust that justice could be served mm-hmm. and so a very strong i'll take it on myself but with things being made more public right now I think there's a little bit of hope that justice can actually be served. Yeah. We, 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 in our faith, we're people of mercy and justice, and sometimes the justice gets lost, or people misconstrue justice as cruelty, or it's not the Christian way, you just kind of forgive, but forgiveness can include justice mm-hmm. and and yeah. and per looking for justice doesn't mean you're not being merciful and one of the things about our particular retreat is that we do have a section in our retreat that does cover the area of justice and that would then lend to some of the things that we could use some volunteer help with is we are looking for people who are familiar with the legal process and how does justice come about in this particular arena and uh, we present some of that on our retreat and we're looking for connections out there that we can trust that can help those who are looking for justice to be able to find it yeah okay um we're talking about dawn of mercy it is a ministry for those who have suffered from sexual abuse in one way or another and uh, our guests are the co-founders of dawn of mercy sherry havlick the president and bernie simmons ministry director and as they have made very clear, they, they need help. They need more people. There's, uh, there's great demand for this uh, ministry right now, and they, they can't do it, just the two of them. Uh, uh, Sherry, can you tell us about the healing group sessions? There's one coming up uh, really right around the corner at the beginning of February. Uh, it's for women in English, and then the next month, Spanish women, and then men's English in April, and, uh, and also in June. So uh, what, what, what are these sessions? What are they all about? So we drew on um, an already developed program. It was developed by Father Ken Schmidt and um, Melissa caldwell Ingle, And it's, it's a 10-week program. It meets once a week for two hours in the evening generally. Um, right now we've been doing it online because of COVID, and it seems to be working very, very well. But in these sessions, what they'll learn, what we help them to see is how has this affected my life? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of helping them to deal with the here and now. Things that they don't even realize has happened that maybe like for a woman who um, was assaulted by her uncle, every time a man walks in her office at work, she gets angry and she gets nervous and she, you know, so that's a trigger and she's not even realizing that it's happening and then once she realizes it's happening she doesn't know what to do about it 
And so through these 10-week sessions, we help them to see that how it has affected their lives and then what what can they do to help deal with it in the here and now? Yeah. And I know it's a, it's a new group. You probably have seen the fruits of healing. Uh, I've done so many interviews with like Rachel's Vineyard and it's just so amazing to hear how, you know, somebody comes in Friday night and they really walk out, you know, Sunday a different person. Have any, I, I, know, I know you can't give names, but any kind of, you know, broad kind of testimonies that you can share with us of how this healing has, has helped people? Definitely. I'm trying to think of the best ones because there's there's so many really good ones. Bernice is she's, I'm she's chopping at the my bit. favorite wants, my favorite yes. is, is is one beautiful lady wrote at the end of the retreat. She said, um, if you want a hug from God, this is the place to go. Mm, I've nice. loved that. Yeah. And um another young woman uh in her evaluation, she had written that it was so helpful to her to have clarity that she was so confused as to whether or not what she experienced really was an assault. Yeah. And to have clarity was so helpful for her. She had such a vision for where she could go now. She felt like she wasn't stuck anymore. And so absolutely, there's already been a great deal of, of kind of the veil lifted, the, the fog cleared, and um, the isolation brought into reconnection. Yeah. You mentioned about the woman who every time she saw a man, she, you know, got angry and this impacts marriages it impacts relationship with children with you know relatives co-workers right. i mean this is you know th- this can help in so many levels when one person finds the healing all the more reason that people need to step forward and uh, get the help and also volunteer if they can right right we had another woman that said she could after the retreat she said she could hardly wait to get home and start a new relationship with her husband mm. And I thought that was, I mean, it's just amazing. And another thing, even though, you know, many people have already sought help for what uh, they've been through, but a very common theme that we hear from uh, the people that have been either the healing group or the retreat is they felt such a comfort in being with others who had suffered the same as them. Yeah. So they are not alone. They felt they were the only one. Their shame was so internalized. They were the only ones that felt that shape. But what they realize is that there's so many others. And sometimes there is just comfort in talking with others that have been through the same trauma that you have. Yeah. Is this uh, strictly for adults? Uh, do you deal with children? If somebody comes and says, my 12-year-old dealt with it, well, what, what, what do you do with them? We work with adults. Okay. The, the parameter that we're working with, those who attend our retreats and attend our healing groups, are adults. Um, in part of our work, anybody out there listening and, and interested in helping in any way, some of the ways you can help is directly some of the retreats and the groups being more directly involved with the people mm-hmm. that have been harmed and are actively seeking healing. Some of it is more of the, the business and work and behind the scenes kind of work of, of getting this up off the ground and, and going better. Um, and some of it is those of you who say the pieces that we can't fill. We, we can't take on things as, as huge and, and, and dynamic as human trafficking. We can't take on the young children. But we know those are avenues or those are areas that people need a great deal of help. Mm-hmm. So any kind of collaborative volunteer work that we could do, we are absolutely up for that. So if you can reach out to us because you are an entity or you have had some great help from somebody who maybe can help 
the minors who are experiencing this or who have experienced this. We want to connect with you there as well. Yes. Um, the the retreats, uh, one coming up in June, is it just a one-day retreat? Uh, it's a three-day retreat okay. for the women's retreat, and it's a two-day retreat for the men's retreat. And uh, one coming up in June, and then uh, a Spanish one sometime in the summer, and then a men's uh, later on uh, in, in November. In November. And how uh, have you done one of these before? Or will these be your first, or how 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 um, are they different? Obviously, it's not just it's over a short amount of time, but more packed into just one weekend. Is that how it is? Right, right. And it it like I said, the the healing group is more dealing with the here and now. It's an education. It's it's helping you learn how it's impacted you and how to deal with it. When we go to the retreat, that's a little bit more on the spiritual, emotional, um, psychological side. And so they complement each other very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it is more of it. There's a lot of spiritual and emotional that happens in the retreats. Yeah. Let me, uh, let's just reiterate the information about the training night, uh, the volunteer night. And uh, January 27th from 7 to 8 p.m., it's going to be at St. Rita Parish in Dallas. And uh, if you want to just kind of give one more appeal to anybody listening right now who may feel a a tug to to come and at least check it out that evening. Yes, we we would love to have you. We have so many things that we're planning to do this year. We have um, so many more people that are calling and needing help that... We are just in, in great need for volunteers, and there's, there's a great variety of things that you can do, whether you have computer skills, whether you have social media skills, maybe you know how to do fundraising or promotions. We need outreach de- desperately to help reach these people um, because it's, it's not that we sit here and we just wait for them to call. We've got to get the information out there so we can use a lot of help in all of those areas. Or like Bernice said, right on the retreat, being a, a minister on the retreat, um, healing groups, a lot of coordination has to go on, helpline, people to answer our helpline. Sorry, I could go on and on. We mm-hmm. just, <laughs> yeah. we would love to have the, uh, anybody come and see what they might be interested in. To and help us. You, you're a 501c3, so it's tax deductible. If anybody wants to donate, can they do it through the website? Yes, they can. Dawnofmercy.org. And one of the things that uh, really always amazes me when I, I've, I keep comparing things to abortion is that many times women or men will kind of sit on this, so to speak, for sometimes decades. And, right. uh, you know, I didn't do anything for 30 years. Is that common, Bernice, also on this? Is that it takes time? Uh, but they need a catalyst, something like this, this radio interview. Somebody says, okay, it's now, uh, I, can't, I can't do nothing any longer. Is that common? Sure, it is common. Sometimes this is such a trauma, and, and depending upon what age the person was when it occurred, because we're amazing human beings made in the image of God, we can manage to sort of forget it. It goes in the recesses so that we can continue on. We can live yeah. life. And then something might happen in life, uh, whether it's a troubled relationship. It's It could be a great relationship. Say, I talk with uh, engaged couples about when they're coming into that relationship. And when their life starts leading to some sort of greater physical intimacy, old memories that they didn't realize they had might start kicking in because something and now in their present life is sort of touching a cord connected back to that and they might start behaving oddly 
or having memories that they're wondering, is that a memory or do I just have a bad creative mind and I need to go to confession? Yeah. What is going yeah. on? And so different things can be the catalyst. And, and I'm grateful for interviews like this, for that kind of catalyst. Um, coming to something like our volunteer night will give you possibly even a little more information so that who knows who God is going to put before you. You might not have think that you have what you need right now to take some role with us but the more you learn the more prepared you are for whoever god puts before you and you might be right there when their catalyst hits and and they need somebody who has some sort of direction for them yeah very nice uh bernice thank you so much bernice simmons ministry director sure i'm gonna give you the last word uh president of dawn of mercy the the website again dawnofmercy.org and uh, again the volunteer night if you want to come and check it out and see if this might be a good fit for you it's going to be January 27th, what day of the week is that? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Thursday evening, January 27th from 7 to 8 p.m. at St. Rita Parish, right there next to Jesuit where I went to high school. So uh, mm-hmm. last word, Sherry, anything else for our listeners? And if they would want, like to come and RSVP, they can call 469-613-3296 or they can email us from the website as well. They can send a message. Um but we just look forward to anyone that wants to be there that night. And I know that God will send who we need and what talents we need. Okay, so. and I think we've got a spot on the radio or soon will, Diane. Okay, Diane's going to put a spot on the radio for this as well. 469-613-3296 yes. or email through the website as well. Right, and the, the number that I just gave is our helpline number as well. So okay. anybody that might be out there that hears this that says, oh, I could use that help, they can call that number as well. Okay, uh, 469-613-3296. Thanks to you both. Uh, you great to have us. an update. It sounds like it's going to be a productive uh, 2022. And again, if you can call that phone number or... Visit the website dawnofmercy.org, dawnofmercy.org. You can learn about this ministry that assists and helps healing for those who have suffered from sexual abuse of any sort. This has been the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Thanks again to Diane Xavier. Thank you for listening. I hope you're off to a wonderful new year, and uh, God bless you. Thank you for your support. Join us for the annual North Texas Mass March and Rally for Life on Saturday, January 15th, as we mark the 49th anniversary of the landmark Roe v. Wade decision that made abortion legal in the United States. A bilingual mass celebrated by Bishop Edward Burns will be offered at 10 a.m. at the Cathedral in downtown Dallas, followed by a peaceful march and rally outside the federal courthouse where Roe v. Wade was filed in 1970. For more information, visit NorthTexasMarchForLife.org. Looking for a career move where you can put your faith into action as you build relationships within your local community? Decided Excellence Catholic Media is one of the fastest growing private media companies in North America. We are seeking media, marketing, and sales professionals who want to join our team to produce exclusive faith-filled magazines that support local businesses. To learn more about Decided Excellence Catholic Media, please visit DecidedExcellence.com. That's DecidedExcellence.com. And good afternoon. Thank you so much for listening to the KTH interview of the week. My name is Cecil Anderson, and I'm the North Texas assistant of the Guadalupe Radio Network. And this is one of our local programs that we do weekly. It's some of our favorite things that we get to do on Saturday afternoons, where we bring you uh, local Catholics from the community doing something 
uh, very local, very Catholic, uh, and just want to introduce you to them so that you can learn how you can get involved in different groups and ministries. And today I am very excited to have some friends in studio, some young people, to talk about a very important topic, especially in this month of January, which is the pro-life movement and specifically about the National March for Life. It's the 49th National March for Life happening in D.C. And this group of uh, Students for Life are going to be ra- are raising funds to be able to take their group to D.C. to be there and to be a witness to the culture of life. So we'll talk a little bit about that and how you can help them make sure that everyone in their group can go this uh, in just a couple of weeks, really. Um, and so we'll talk more about that. So stay tuned, but also a little bit about their history and how their group got started. So I would like to introduce to you three of, I guess, their board members of the group. Uh, Anna, the president, uh, Tara, the vice president, and Jenna, the treasurer. So ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. I'm going to start with Anna, since you're the president to talk a little bit about how this group got started. It's at one of the local schools in the DFW area. And uh, how how did you all, it's only been around for just over a year? Yeah, a little over a year. We got established in October 2020. But um, how we started, we were, um, we have four executive officers and we were inspired by the movie Unplanned. um, And we saw Students for Life in that movie and we were, um, interested in what they did and so we looked into it and um, found this organization and um, we wanted to start a group of our own and um, so we attended the Dallas March for Life in 2020 and um, we wanted to do even more for the movement and so we started working over quarantine and we got in touch with Students for Life and um, we did a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of trainings and we felt very prepared to lead this club. So um, in fall of 2020, we were able to meet with our administration and start our club. And um, we found an advisor who is perfect for the job. Her name is Amy Wazaleski. She's been on the show before, I think. Um, And she had previously been on the Planned Parenthood board and is now pro-life. So she has been a great asset to our club. And right now we have about 20 members. Um, We meet bi-weekly on Friday mornings, and it's been great. We've been able to do a lot of work in the community, um, educating our peers on the horror of abortion, and just volunteering with some organizations in Dallas, such as Birth Choice, In My Shoes, 40 Days for Life, and some other ones. And then we've been able to attend a few events as well, such as the National Prayer Luncheon for Life, where we met Abby Johnson, and the Bishop's Pro-Life Dinner, where we were able to meet Jason Jones. So it has been such a blessing to be able to have this club. That's awesome. Y'all, y'all are kind of like all over. I feel like ever since you started, again, kind of a baby club in the grand scheme of things, um, but definitely have done a lot. And you also helped introduce Amy Wazaleski to us, who was featured in our Christmas share this last year. We gave away everyone who donated during it, got a, a copy of her testimony that Dave had recorded with her. So that's really, really cool. Um, I'm going to also bring in Tara, the vice president, into the conversation. And uh, so you all have been doing this. You all have been in these leadership positions and stuff like that. But what is your, I mean, gosh, you've met Abby John. Johnson, you've met Jason Jones. You've done a lot in the year, but what are you planning on doing for this next year, 2022? So, of course, we want to continue serving our community, educating our peers, but something new about this year is we're going to be transitioning over leadership to our junior officers, our new executive team. So that's that's something new. And we also want to participate in some more pro-life activism. We're going to the Dallas, Texas March for Life again, where it all began with Roe v. Wade. But for the first time ever, like you mentioned earlier, we're going to go to the National um, March for Life, which is in D.C. 
the week after. So that's something new. Awesome. And also, I want to make sure that uh, Jenna gets brought into the conversation. <laughs> Hi, Jenna. Hi. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking through the wall. Uh, through Diane's not here. And I'm running the program today. So I am talking through the window to everybody. So it's always a little bit of extra fun. <laughs> um, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, this trip that you all are going to be taking and uh, kind of the logistics of it because you are the treasurer, so you handle all the monies. <laughs> I do. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about what it is that you're hoping to do at the March for Life and what um, uh, I don't know what you all need, that kind of stuff. So looking at it logistically, we're going to need around five thousand dollars to go to the march, which is a lot. But there's a lot of cool things that we're planning on doing. So whenever we land, uh, our first pro-life event is going to be the prayer vigil at the Basilica, which we are super excited for. And we're also going to be going to the pro-life summit, which is hosted by Students for Life of America. And um, actually, the keynote speaker, we were all very excited. It's uh, Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. We are so thrilled to go there. And um, after that, we'll, of course, be going to the march and... Um, yeah. yeah. And also at the Pro-Life Summit, it's hosted by Students for Life, which is the organization we are with. And there's it's a whole lineup of speakers. Kristen Hawkins, the president, will be speaking, a bunch of the regional coordinators from different states, and as well as Mike Pence. And then for the March for Life, um, we'll be going to the expo where you get to meet a lot of cool organizations. And then we'll be going to the rally which um the keynote speaker for that is actually father mike schmitz which Ooh. we are very excited to <laughs> yeah. see um and then we're also going to the concert which is um going to be matthew west who um actually wrote the song unplanned that was featured in the movie so it's very cool that he's going to be there as well and then of course we'll be doing the march as well so we're very excited and Father Mike Schmitz made it number one again, didn't he, this year for his Bible in a Year podcast. Yes, he That's did. pretty awesome, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, so, Tara, they've kind of mentioned some of the, the things that, uh, specifically this year, that are exciting and good reasons to go. Also, you all are going to be, you know, seniors soon, so uh, it'll be more and more difficult to go. So it's another reason probably why you want to go this year. But what yes. else in particular about this March it made you all go, we need to be there? Well, it's been 49 years since Rose codified by the Supreme Court, and it's kind of crazy to think that with all that's happened this year, there may not be a 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade since 2021 was such a great year for the pro-life movement as the heartbeat bill was passed in Texas and Dobbs versus Jackson went all the way to the Supreme Court and it directly challenges Roe v. Wade. So the tides are definitely turning in the pro-life movement's favor and we just want to keep that momentum going. We really just want to show America the diversity and unity and power of the pro-life movement and show the nation's capital just like a sampling of how many people want Roe overturned. And like above all, we just want to take a stand for life, like for everybody involved in the hurt of abortion, um, especially the women and the babies and all families that are affected. So it's just really important for us to go this year as Roe could be overturned by the end of 2022. Yeah, awesome. It would be a very different uh, March next year then. Um, and uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit, Tara, but if any of you all want to kind of continue with the idea of why is it important to have young people, especially young women, um, uh, present at uh, a march like this, especially the National March? Well, Planned Parenthood does a really good job of spreading a lot of inf misinformation about abortion. Like at this point, abortion has been really destigmatized, especially in our generation. Um, 
and they kind of um, paint out the pro-life movement to just be a lot of old men or old-fashioned people, sexist people, and that's just really not what it is. So it's important for us to show show up for the pro-life movement, just show that there's more diversity in it than what we're paying out to be. There's a lot of young women that are pro-life and know that abortion does hurt women and it doesn't help them. So we just want to show, make a public impression that um, young women do want abortion gone in America. Mm, absolutely. Just a reminder that you're listening to the KTH 910 AM interview of the week. This is Cecil Anderson, and I'm joined by Anna, Tara, and Jenna, who are uh, local uh, high schoolers who are part of a Students for Life club at one of the schools here in the DFW area. And uh, they've been doing a lot here locally, but now they're going to go to the big stage and go to the National March for Life, the 49th National March for Life, which is January, tw- uh, I don't actually know, it's the 21st is the actual march, yes. I think. January 21st. So they're going to be gone for a couple of days. And they're joining us to uh, talk about what they've been doing and what they hope to do in the future, but also to talk uh, about how they are going to need a little bit of our help, of those listening right now, uh, to help uh, send them to uh, the March for Life. So Jenna, the treasurer, was talking a little bit about uh, the, how much they need to raise. And it's about $5,000, right? So you all have set up a GoFundMe. Um, and GoFundMe links are a little bit complicated to say, but I will say to anyone listening, right now we will put it on our local facebook group which is grn um, dfw so if you go to facebook.com type into your facebook um, search bar grn dfw and join the group you can see it there i'll have it pinned the link will be there and you can donate very easily that way or if they want to know information more information you can go to studentsforlife.fcafm at gmail.com studentsforlife that's all spelled out dot fcafm at gmail.com jenna you kind of talk a little bit more about you talked about some of the logistics you all are doing trying to fit a lot into those like three days that you all are there um, but kind of break down you know the importance of being able to raise this money so that it's eight people that are going it's three chaperones and five students so um for this money uh not only is it going to be able to get us to the uh to dc and back but hopefully if uh god bless we can get extra anything extra is going to be put back into the club and then in turn the uh we'll use that money as the club to help with the pro-life community. We'll continue with our volunteer. We'll continue with our activism. So all of this is going to be going to a very great cause. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice cracked there. <laughs> um, and uh, just a couple of, of minutes remaining with you all, but um, I have been to the March for Life. I went a few years ago with a group of teens as well, and it's really a, a very beautiful uh, experience. It, it's interesting because with the pro-life uh, topic. It's so hot. Uh, it's such a hot topic. And sometimes people, it's only a religious thing. But what's interesting is how many groups there are from all sorts of different backgrounds. And we can all come together on this one very important issue because it's a life issue and it's not just a religious issue. Uh, but of course, you're going to see lots of priests and sisters and it's a very beautiful, beautiful time. Um, but what can I ask each of you what you're looking forward to most about this trip? I'll start with Anna. Um, I would say just getting together with all the pro-lifers in America and just I think it's just going to be really cool to see how many people believe in this cause I know sometimes it feels like you're alone in it if you're the only ones speaking up um, in your community but you're really not alone there's a lot of people who are pro-life and I think it's just going to be amazing to see just how many people um, are passionate about the same thing All right, and Tara 
Well, for me, uh, I just remember going to the Dallas, Texas March for Life in 2020 and just how inspiring it was and how I just felt like I wanted to have that again. And on a national stage, I'm sure it's going to be much bigger. Um, and I'm really excited to hear all those speakers just like bring life into the pro-life movement and inspire us more, keep that momentum going. And finally, Jenna. So my reason is very similar to Tara's. I remember how incredible the Dallas March for Life was. And I've seen the images of the DC one, and it's, it's surreal, just being surrounded by such a wonderful community of people all supporting the same cause. And I cannot wait to be surrounded by just that awesome group and be able to see awesome speakers and to be able to just show the world that America wants Roe to go. Absolutely. <laughs> She's already got the chance ready to go. Have you been practicing those? There's oh, a lot yes. of them that you'll hear for sure. <laughs> Expect to lose your voice by the end of the day. Um, it's, it's At the same time, it's a very excited and uh, loud crowd, but it's also a very quiet and prayerful crowd. So it's a very, it's again, it's a very beautiful thing. And I'm very happy for you all to be able to participate in this. So if anyone is listening right now, this is a group of high school students that are taking their Students for Life Club, some of their members, to D.C. on January 21st. They're going to be gone for a few days. Um, to be able to participate in this March for Life, this National March for Life. And we know how important it is to have young people and have young women in front of this movement. So if you can support them in any way, uh, they have a GoFundMe. They need to raise $5,000 to be able to fund everyone going. So you can go to our Facebook group, GRNDFW. Um, that's facebook.com. And then go to uh, GRNDFW and join our group. And I'll have the link there. And you can donate that way. Or if you want to know more information or get the link a different way, you can go to uh, email them studentsforlife.fcafm at gmail.com studentsforlife.fcafm at gmail.com we would really appreciate any help that you can do uh, to help them go on their trip and uh, make a beautiful memory out of this and I'm sure it'll ignite them for the rest of the year and everything else that they're going to be doing um, and speaking of which uh, I want to talk a little bit about each of you and why you personally are so on fire for the pro-life movement it's not every day I mean there's lots I'm sure lots and lots of Catholic teens are pro-life but it's very different to say you're pro-life and then also be pro-life and to be out in the community you go to these shelters and help women you go to the um of like birth choice and help out there as well and you're just trying to do whatever you can uh, I want to ask each of you um, starting with Anna and go to Tara Jenna around the table and just tell me why you personally are so on fire and involved um, well I just really want to be a voice for the voiceless and fight for the lives of the most vulnerable um, I think every, every person has dignity and um, sometimes a lot of people overlook that but it's true and we are all made in the image and likeness of God, and babies are no different, and they deserve a chance to live. So that's why I'm proud. All right, and Tara? And kind of going off of that, um, as I spoke about before, Planned Parenthood's just done a great job of spreading a lot of misinformation about abortion. And they're targeting people of our age and our gender the most. And it's just really sad to me that so many women have been led to believe abortion's their only option if they're in a crisis pregnancy. And they're lied to. They're lied to and they're told that their babies don't have humanity. They're not alive. It doesn't matter. To be successful, they have to have an abortion. To be happy, they have to have an abortion. And that's just not true. So we just need to look out for our fellow women that are of our age and just don't really know what we do know. So we need to spread that information to help them. And Jenna? Well, one of the most basic human rights is the right to life. 
and a lot of people nowadays don't agree that that right is something that should be seen in the womb and I completely disagree I think every single child born unborn has a chance to life and nobody has a right to say otherwise nobody can say no you don't have a right to life you don't have a right to life no everybody has a right to life it's a basic human it's a basic moral principle and I think that that is something that the world needs to understand once more absolutely beautifully put thank you ladies for that so again anyone who's listening clearly these girls have a heart uh for all of god's children and want to help uh women and men who have been suffered from abortion or who are contemplating abortion um to go and be present at the national march for life so again if you can help them by donating any uh money to help them uh make that you know trip a reality for all of them please visit our facebook group to see the link to their GoFundMe or studentsforlife.fcafm at gmail.com, studentsforlife.fcafm at gmail.com. You can email them to get that link or ask for more information. Uh, Before I let you all go, ladies, uh, do you want to just maybe say an encouraging word to any other young people who might be listening and just talk about getting involved? Obviously, not everyone can get to D.C. That's a bit of a trip. I mean, a lot of people get to D.C., but it's not what everyone can do. But right here in the North Texas area, we're going to be having a our own march for life that you all mentioned that you've gone to before and i think are going to this year and it's uh i think it's january 15th yeah that's right. so if you all want to be involved with that it's always great to have again lots of young people present for that so if you want to say encouraging word to any young people listening right now to get involved yeah i would just say you just need to take that first step i know it can be scary um it was scary for us but you just have to keep one foot in front of the other and just keep going and you can just start with your community you don't have to go to dc to be active in the pro-life movement you can do it right here there's plenty of organizations that are needing help especially now that the heartbeat bill is in effect um pregnancy resource centers need more help than ever um and you can do your own fundraising for them or you can just volunteer your time um but just take that first step and get active and then another thing is, is that no matter what you're doing, it is making a difference. Even wearing a little baby feet pin, if, if you're at school and somebody comes up to you and asks you, hey, what's that for? You say, well, I'm, I'm pro-life and this is a little baby feet pin and I support the pro-life movement. Years down the line, this person could text you and say, hey, I'm in a crisis pregnancy. I don't, mm. I want to keep my baby. What do I do? You could save lives just a tiny little thing. It makes a world of difference. We've we've seen changes in this just almost like year and a half. We've seen incredible changes and we've seen incredible things. And just it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're doing something. Yeah, and going off of that, it's just it's going to take a lot of strong advocates for life that aren't afraid to have those conversations or maybe are afraid and do it anyway. Because if we don't have those conversations, we're just going to be a part of the silent majority and nothing's ever going to change. Things do need to change in America, and abortion needs to be illegal. But the only way that's going to happen is if every individual starts that change in their community. Awesome. And I remember when the heartbeat bill happened, uh, the biggest thing, uh, what I love seeing is how many people started making the lists of all the pregnancy resource centers mm-hmm. that there are, just even in the DFW area. It's insane how many we have. Um, just so that it wasn't, we weren't celebrating leaving women on the street. That's not what was happening. It was the pro-life uh, 
you know, groups were coming together and we're going to be there for women in the way that we always should have been. Um, so again, thank you so much, ladies, for coming today. This has uh, been the interview of the week, and I've been joined by Anna, the president, Tara, the vice president, and Jenna, the treasurer of the uh, local Students for Life group. Um, and again, they're trying to go to the National uh, March for Life that's happening in the 49th National Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.